All right, everybody, this is the official recording. Uh, the beginning was more of a rant, uh, giving you guys an... Let me give you a proper introduction, Carmen. Hang on. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Comedy Networking Podcast, the very first episode. And today I have a very special guest all the way from the Orlando comedy scene, somebody that's been doing it for years, well-respected here in the state of Florida and beyond, uh, Carmen Ballone, ladies and gentlemen. thanks for joining me carmen so just to get things going just to get things going tell us about yourselves what tell us about yourself what's your entire story uh in like 30 seconds like why are you into comedy and how's it going yeah entire story in 30 seconds loved comedy growing up loved laughing growing up uh moved to orlando from upstate new york had zero friends uh, so I got a job at the comedy club in Orlando, the Orlando Improv, got a job uh, in the box office just to make friends and hang out and, and find like a social network. Um, started going to the open mics. The rest is history. Awesome. See, those are the kinds of stories that are compellingly short. I feel inspired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, Carmen, Nobody I've, needs any more than that. I've seen your name going around for years. Like you've done uh, shows here at the Have Nots. You've done the Key West. I've, I was doing a show over at Ricky's and a talent agency brought you down there to South Beach. And that's where we formally met. And uh, so what's it like being on the road uh, as a comedian in Florida pre-pandemic? Pre-pandemic, man. Uh, I mean, it's fun. It's fun, especially when you're younger. It's a lot of fun when you're younger. Uh, I mean, it's 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 the road. So it's like the fun things about the road are like you're always somewhere new, you're meeting new people, you're in new cities, you're experiencing life, you're experiencing America, you're experiencing just the world in general. That's always fun, you know? Um, until you really got to start making a living at comedy, then you start then you start adding up these trips a little differently. You're like, if you're not making money, then you're like, hmm, Las Vegas for two and a half weeks, I'm getting paid this. I'm going to be away from home for this long. I don't know if I'm going to go, you know, you start getting really jaded with, with the places that you go. Um, but some places you'll, you'll always love going. Like you mentioned Key West, like I'll go to Key West and break even anytime. I mean, it's not not terribly far away. And I usually, you know, if you could bring a friend or bring a guest, it's like a little mini vacation getaway. It's 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 great. You know, I love that kind of stuff about the road. The stuff that I don't like about the road is um, your sleep patterns get messed up. Um, It's hard to want to go somewhere that's not cool. You know, like am I going to go to Ohio? You know, I'd rather just stay in Florida. Uh, So so there's that kind of stuff. You got to you still got to make money, you know, when like those bills are coming in, like, yeah, OK, the road could be fun for little free vacations. But unless you're making money, you got to make sure you make money. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it, it, the road has its perks and stuff, you know. Well, let me ask you this then. So you you mentioned that some are fun if you break even. That's fine. It's like a little mini vacation that gets paid for. But at the same time, you also want to make a living, a comfortable living, not getting by living, which could probably be worse, really. Uh, in, right. in comedy. So how would you describe um, the industry right now in terms of achieving that kind of lifestyle? Right now? Yeah. After COVID? Yeah. After um, COVID. I think it's, yeah, I think it's, um, well, COVID to start off with wiped out a lot of clubs. So 
I don't have an exact number, but I'm sure clubs probably got cut in half by probably like, man, I don't I heard a bunch of clubs that went out of business, even, even like local, like bonkers, bonkers had a ton of rooms in Florida and, you know, COVID knocked them down to zero. Then I think they had like one or two come back, you know? So, I mean, there's COVID wiped out a lot of clubs. Um, the club up in, uh, upstate New York where I'm from, they were closed for like over a year. Zero shows. They just started opening back up and they started opening back up to like limited capacity. So some of these clubs, they're, they're not making the money that, that they were making. So they don't have the money. They have the money. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, if the clubs aren't making money, they're not going to be paying you money. And, and half of them are gone. So I think it's a lot more difficult unless you're like a celebrity. That's that's kind of what I'm learning here too. Uh, as time goes on, like uh, if you're a no-name comic, it's it's not going to be really that lucrative. I mean, you're you're kind of squeaking by. Even like if you're featuring, you know, like if an unknown comic is featuring the Improvs for a weekend, which is like one of the nicest chains in, in America, uh, you're still barely breaking even by the time you pay for your own travel and everything. So I, I, so what you're mentioning right now, I believe comedians are starting to realize that, and, and let me know if I'm wrong here in your understanding that the clubs are the things we revered, like getting a weekend spot at a club isn't really enough. It's not enough. It's really not enough. I mean, you were kind of mentioning like becoming big, like on your own, which is really what you need to do now. Like the, the comics that I see, the young, new up and coming guys, uh, a lot of them have made the, made it online TikTok or Instagram or YouTube or whatever. Um, I think those guys are thriving, you know, they're, they're doing well. They've become like a little bit of a household name. So if you do travel somewhere like Ohio or wherever, uh, you'll have a little bit of a name. So you, you could sell tickets. Selling tickets is the name of the game. Then, then you become a draw. Then people are going there to see you instead of just going there to see a random comedy show. And that is, that is the best way to make money. How do you sell tickets? Because if you sell tickets, you can go from like 15 to 25. And then if you multiply that by 100, that's like, you know, right. $2,500. So if you could sell 100 tickets, the next level of that is how can I multiply it many times where it's like weekly instead of just like a one-off every three months or so? That's right. the name of the game. So I understand that you run rooms. And there's ways to like break it up, right? Like running rooms, for example, or running like a podcast with multiple sponsors. That's a good way to break up an audience where you can get paid, but it's, it's not as much work as selling out a theater or something that you rent out. Um, what's the comedy scene like currently in Orlando and what do you do in it? Yeah, the comedy scene currently in Orlando is, is, is coming back. It wasn't what it was before COVID, but it's, it's on its way back. Um, so we've got in Orlando, we got improv and bonkers uh, improv was closed down, completely closed down for COVID, but now it's coming back and it's about, um, it's about like a 65% to what it was as far as seating. Um, and then bonkers has like, they had like a bunch of rooms. I think they're, they're getting a few rooms coming back now. Um, what I do, I, I actually run a room on Thursdays, a place called Beaumont uh, in downtown Orlando. Very cool spot, very hip, very trendy, nice little lounge. 
Um, this room, if you're ever in Orlando and you want to go see like a local show, go to this place. And I'm not just saying that because it's my own, like <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's a cool place. Like it's a lounge. The only thing that's going on in there is comedy. Like there's not TVs on playing the games. It's, there's not like people sitting at the bar that don't know a show's about to happen. Like if you're in that room, you're in that room for comedy and it's a great sound system, great lighting. It's just, it's a cool spot. Beaumont, downtown Orlando. Thursday night, eight o'clock. Uh, so I run that room. Uh, I also teach the comedy class at the Orlando Improv. We just started yesterday and uh, today. So I got my class on Mondays, Tuesdays. I do like a level two. It's more for advanced comedians that uh, it, it's the writing. I don't even want to call it a class. It's like a workshop on Tuesdays. Uh, so I, so I get, I get that going. So yeah, I, I, I've gotten my little fingers in a bunch of stuff here in Orlando. Also in comedy. well i've been to beaumont and i go ahead and say that uh it is a great room the people that are there are very attentive and they're supportive uh you know i was there for for a while and then even at the end on the later half of the show people were will are still there and still paying attention and they were still uh, making sure that the jokes were quality right it wasn't like that fake vibe it's like oh no i gotta make sure i still entertain you but at least you're paying attention through it at least you're still you're still here. It was surprising to see. Uh, so what other comedy rooms would you say are very good, either workout rooms or places to get gigs? Like what opportunities would you um, promote to the people listening to this episode? Yeah. To like, uh, so like for the comedians or for the audience? No, this is for more for comedians. So let's say for example, somebody goes, this will be like a reference point for somebody that goes to Orlando and apart, yeah. apart from you being the go-to person, like what would be the go-to venues or podcasts or people to reach out? Like what's a good resource of info on uh, connections in Orlando? Yeah, um, we have uh, a website called orlandocomedy.com. Uh, orlandocomedy.com, just spelled normal, no spaces. Um, that has all of our resources. And um, every night of the week, there's something. Um, a big local night is Mondays. Mondays and Thursdays are like the two big local nights. Um, Mondays is a mic downtown Orlando at a place called Harry Buffalo. Um, they, the owner of that bar has a few uh, bars downtown. He used to have another one called The Other Bar where we'd have open mic before the pandemic. Um, then everything changed, but now this guy owns the same spot, Harry Buffalo, Huge venue, great food, great seating, great layout. That's a Monday night room. That's and fun. Who runs um, the Harry Buffalo? Who do who do they reach out yeah. to? Kermit Gonzalez. Oh, he runs it. Yeah, I know Kermit. Yeah, he runs it. And that's a that's a fun room, especially for comics. Like, and it gets busy. So like there'll be a bump list. So you might go there one week and sign up, but there's so many people going up and performing and hanging out that you might not be able to perform. So your name gets placed on the bump list so you can come back the following week. Oh, that's an interesting way to do it. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tuesday nights tonight, uh, right next to uh, the improv, actually, um, on International Drive, there is a place called Tin Roof, and they do, like, paid showcases. So if any comics want to, um, like, do, like, it's it's not really an open mic. It's like a step up, and it's, it's a showcase. You know, it's a paid showcase. They throw you a few bucks and you perform. It's a big, it's like a music venue, I think, but it's like a big stage, big, big layout. Um, Tuesday nights, they have two shows. So it's like midweek. It's, it's a night when normally nothing would really be going on. Um, David Naboa uh, and, and his girl, Leslie, they run that room. How do you spell um, Naboa? 
Naboa, N-O-Boa, I think. <laughs> David Naboa, he, he's on he's on Facebook. It, it's kind of just like it sounds. Got it. And yeah, Naboa. Um, and then, uh, but that's a great spot. That's a great spot for like local local guys. Or if you're on the road and you just want to like be at a showcase or hang out, like that's a Tuesday. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday is um, at uh, the heck is the name of it? I'm blanking right now. Is um, uh, Bullenbush, Bullenbush, which is in like the milk district of Orlando, where they process milk. Uh, they also have showcases on Saturdays, but on Wednesdays they're open mic. That's a fun one. Uh, Thursday's my room, Beaumont. Friday, I think, is Drunken Monkey again. It's it's all been kind of scrambled since COVID, but I would I would check out orlandocomedy.com. It's got everything. Yeah, and those kinds of websites are so valuable, right? Like those are like little nodes of information on where to go. Now, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, Bad Slava. Have you heard of this website? Yeah, I haven't been on there in years. Yeah, exactly. It, it looks like a Craigslist of open mics. And so you wonder, <laughs> is, like, is it kept up to date? And so you really can't, uh, you really can't be like an uh, uh, end-all, be-all resource for this kind of information. But if the respective comedy scene uh, takes proactive uh, proactivity and starts putting these, these things together like you have and like we, we've done here in Miami, we then start creating like this, uh, like this network, for lack of a better term, on like who to go and where to go. However, there's still an obstacle that I'm seeing in the horizon here because uh, now that I'm networking more than ever, uh, I'm starting to feel as if like getting into a scene once it's already established with people that want to get on stage and that are regulars, once you're the newbie in the scene, people kind of like, they feel like, look, man, we already have a lot of people trying to go on. I understand you're from Texas or whatever, but like, we've got a lot to do here. What, what kind of, like you being somebody that's a good representation of Orlando and people reach out to, what would be like, um, I wouldn't say strategy, but like, what would be the most uh, easygoing way or the most effective way to get spots as an outsider uh, coming into into a scene? Uh, yeah, like um, to get on a, if you're a newcomer on the scene. Like, well, there's there's two. If you if you've moved here, like if you're living here, that's one thing. If you're not a town or just coming through, that's another thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the I think Orlando is very good at accommodating out of towners on the mics. Um, especially if, if like you're passing through a city and you kind of do the research ahead of time and you figure out which mics and showcases are going on and you just send a, a normal, respective, respectable message like, Hey, my name's so-and-so I'm coming into town. And, uh, you know, I saw that you run this room on such and such night, you know, is it all right if I get a spot, like if it's an open mic and stuff, it'd be like, yeah, you know, and especially like people that come to like Orlando, like if they do my room, on like a, a midweek, you know, night, and then they have to drive back to Tampa or Jacksonville or whatever. I try to make sure that they get a good spot on the show because I know that they have another two hour car ride ahead of them. You know, so I'm, I'm always very mindful and respectful to the comedians that are, you know, passing through the night. Now, if you're moving to a new scene and you got to, you know, that you can't play that excuse anymore. Like, Hey, I'm just in town for a little bit. Um, when you're new on the scene, I think you just have to pay your dues, good old fashioned due paying, you know, you might go up at the end of the night at an open mic. So be it, you know, there's 20 comics and you're going to go, uh, number 21 or 22, 
what are you going to do? Fight with the guy because he's putting you up late? Like, you don't know him. He doesn't know you. You just got to take your spot and just still do good. Then, then they see, hey, that guy actually was really funny last week. I'm going to give him a better spot this week. Then you get a better spot the following week. Next thing you know, the, the comedians that are actually professional working comedians are going to recognize you and be like, oh, okay, this, this guy knows what he's doing. Uh, he's, he's one of the good ones, so let's give him a good spot. Totally. Yeah, I think that's a good angle to it. Um, I get a lot of requests sometimes, and I'm very good here in Miami as well for putting up out of town is because I like mixing it up. I like, I've always felt that a comedy scene is strong if you have like that variable or that wild card from another city, especially in a place like Miami. It's like, all right, guys, you've seen all the Miami comedians. Well, check out this guy from Nebraska, right? And then they got kind of see like the culture or the kind of material that comes from that. Uh, so I like, yeah, yeah. I like bringing people from out of town and, and putting them up on stage. But I think the approaching method sometimes is like, you know, we work in a very ego-centered industry. And sometimes that personality can show up and really be like a, I wouldn't like a bully. Yeah, I'll say it. Kind of like a bully where it's like, do you know who I am? You know, you know how many open mics I run or whatever? It's like, yeah, man. But at the same time, you got to respect that we're, we are an established thing here and you are coming in. Like we can't just pause the operations to give you stage time. But some people a lot of people actually they they message in a way as if like you've got no choice man i'm big here and then oh and the best thing hey. is when they bomb oh when they put up <laughs> when they really try to like play like the high card of like uh, do you know who i am and then they go up and then they get the culture shock that miami doesn't get their jokes yeah yeah i love that um i've yeah, been like I was just in, people don't tip the the hosts ever i i always try to tip. like if i go to a new scene i was just in vegas and um, went to Vegas with a few friends and we found an open mic and it was slammed. They had a million names on the list. And I just pulled the host aside. I'm like, hey, man, can I just slip you 20 bucks and go next? He's like, yeah. Like, people that don't works. do that anymore. Hey, it man, works. I do it all the time. I, I have uh, two coaching clients that like pay literally a monthly sponsorship to go in the front because I coached them on the side. So, and they pay that on top. And there's nothing wrong with that, really, because you're supporting the venue. You, you, yep. you're, you're doing the right thing. It's almost like, uh, it's almost like a business model that people haven't tapped into where it's like, try going the money route because it is acceptable, right? It's you acceptable. just show up and be like, Hey man, do you know who I am? Here's 50 bucks. I know who you are now. Come on up. Right. 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 <laughs> right. Right. And like, so we did the open mic and, um, you know, so I had like a, I, I tipped the guy to get like a good spot, like to go up next. And, um, you know, I did my set, had a great set. And so then everybody sees, hey, this new guy that came out of nowhere had a really good set. So that that helps too. But I mean, yeah, you know, it, would, it cost me 20 bucks, you know, to tip the host. I mean, he's working hard anyway. He deserves it. And you know what? Now that you brought this up, this is actually a great conversation. Um, so when it comes to this kind of transaction, think about, I want the people that are listening to this that maybe have some sort of rebuttal because I haven't come across it. Like some people are like, oh, you put that guy on because he paid you. He's like, well, yeah, man. I mean, we're doing a business here. It's, it's funny to see how some comedians don't like seeing business being done in the art form that is comedy. But they also, I believe a lot of comedians don't realize that business is what keeps comedy going. Because if there's no, right. if there's no way to make an income doing what we're doing, we're, we're, we're back to what we were talking about where it's like we're not making it. And we keep doing the same thing over and over. Um, so when right. it comes to making revenue, uh, what are some of the best ways that you've found or that you've seen or that you want to try out? Um, for your comedy career? Yeah, so best ways to make money at comedy, basically? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, what what we're selling is laughter. You know, we're selling laughter, which is a weird thing when you really when you really think about it. But you know, it's like um, you know, I don't know. Like people, they they you're putting on a show. Like you got to give a good show. You got to have high laughs per minute, so that way people don't feel bad about paying ten bucks a ticket to go see you. You know the you got to sell them comedy, you know? Um, let me think what else. I'm trying to think if I'm... Well, let me ask you getting, this. What, who, are your, who are your favorite comedians? And then we'll break down, like, how they make money. Because you mentioned that there's some people that they're really good at, at social media, right? The social media game. And, you know, there's, a, there's kind of like... Um, it kind of affects the art a little bit because I've seen some people that are really good at social media, like, you know, writing sketches or whatever. And then when they go on stage, they're not as good as the person that's hitting the mic often. Right. Right. They're still making more of an income. So there's a, there's like, we got to find like this counterbalance of how to use virtual or digital tools and then still be good at the art. And one of the ways, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think, I think um, like, I mean, if you're so funny, that people have to share your video. They have to, Oh, you got to watch this video. This is so funny. You got to see this guy, you know, and your views are up there. Then you could get a sponsor or an ad and put it in there. And those sponsors or ads are going to pay you. And, you know, to, to link to your video because they know everybody's going to watch it. So it's, it's kind of one, it just goes back to being so funny. You have to be so funny and so good and professional that you get money that people pay you whether it's an ad or, or a customer buying a ticket or whatever. You know what works for me that, that is, is pretty easy as a stand-up comedian? Because I'm I'm, I've never seen myself doing much. I've done like one sketch my entire career, and it was okay. But I've seen myself writing more on, like I use this thing called Evernote, right? And I just categorize my ideas through it. And then if I get like a premise, and then I try to turn it into a one-liner and post it on Twitter, and then just like take that and post it on Instagram it gets pretty good traction for something that I, for a sentence. Do you know what I mean? So if you collect these premises and this is just, you know, spitballing for other stand-up comedians that are interested in this, if you get your premises or your punchlines and you're able, I mean, of course a one liner won't work on stage because then it's a dad joke or whatever. But if we can get our ideas, because what makes us great as stand-up comedians is that we write and we're really good at public speaking. We talk with our bodies. We fluctuate our voices with the punchline. We're really good at delivering premises, punchlines. We're really good at segueing, having that conversational thing. So how can we convey that? How can we convey our gifts digitally without it coming off like, all right, this is a sketch of this particular joke. The fastest way, I think, is um, your premise or whatever it is that you wrote needs to be shareable, right? Not a long video of you doing the joke. Even though those are fine, people love seeing little stand-up comedy clips with a big headline up top, right? Those are good. But how do you shorten that even more? So you got things like reels coming out where the, the, the content gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And I believe the fastest way to get your content out there as stand-up comedians is just uh, do like what Mark Norman does on his Twitter. You find an interesting topic and then you find the funny in it and then you just post it and then you train your brain to do it over and over and over. I believe stand-up comedians can easily do that because that's what we're naturally good at. We're just not accustomed to putting it in text form or content form because we got to go up on stage, work it out, see what works, what doesn't, keep what does, all that stuff. So we can get kind of convoluted or, or confused in how to create content off our genius, but that's what we're just naturally good at. 
premises, joke writing, uh, segues, uh, or even hot takes, like something as simple as a hot take. Like if something that happens in the news, like uh, Bill Gates, the, the, you know, the divorce and all that, and you're like, all right, what's the hot take here? And you talk about like prenuptial agreements. Or if you talk about, like I had this joke on stage that I go, you know, wouldn't it be funny if like the Clippy from uh, Word Document <laughs> sees you like writing your, your wedding vows and you're like, Clippy would be like, hey, I see you writing your wedding vows. You want to write a prenup as well? Like, yeah, I do, Clippy. But what I did was I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't just write the one liner. I actually got the image of Clippy and I put a little bubble and I wrote it and it, it gains traction. So, you know, look out for things like hot topics or every, something that everyone's talking about. Um, and to connect this to, to what we're talking about is um, I find it funny how hot takes and irrelevant material. That's also another gift that we have as stand-up comedians, Carmen, that I'd like to share on this podcast. Mean? Wait, what do you mean irrelevant material? Irrelevant material. Yeah, man. Don't you find it fascinating that us as stand-up comedians, we find irrelevant things to talk about and we make them relevant, right? Like if somebody goes on and talks about their dog, why would anyone care about you and your dog? But the way you say it makes people care. Isn't that, that's like the magic trick of comedy, of stand-up comedy. Oh, I agree. A, A good comedian could talk about garbage, literal trash cans. And it, if it's funny, it's funny. Exactly. And that's the gift that we have as stand-up comedians because we go up and we talk about one thing at a time. But when we talk about it, we do it with such conviction that people are just like, that was awesome. How did you make your dick so relevant? Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, and like uh, the, the show Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, um, Chris Rock was a guest on there and something that he said stuck with me. He said comedians should be able to argue either side of like a of like an issue. And I think it's true. Yeah, I've got to move to the different different area. Um, I was going to say, uh, so where, 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 where are you right now? Uh, I'm at my editing day job right now, but okay. I actually need to leave. I actually need to leave here soon. OK, yeah. So speaking of making content and stuff, I'm at, the, the the reason I'm here right now. Ooh, let me see if I can get a different one. How's that? Um, I uh, I'm upgrading my computer. Oh, I don't even know if I should get the word out here yet. What I'm trying to do, but uh, it was a teaser. A teaser. It's got to do with uh, VR headsets. Yeah, you're going virtual. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, going virtual. Trying to make some some good content, you know. Trying to make some um, money. I, I knew what you were gonna say. Yeah, dude, double down on virtual. Uh, I wish I knew how to use. It. I bought an Oculus. I still don't know how to use it. It's still in factory settings. Yeah, I got an Oculus. It's great. Yeah, I've seen that. There's a virtual uh, comedy club. Have you seen this? Um, no, not nowhere. There's there's a group. Oh man, I forget. I forget their name, but they're doing great. Like they're doing like you look like little Legos and then they set up this VR uh, setting where you can actually go on stage and, and perform in front of a VR audience that are there with uh, Oculus. It's it's really interesting to see how. He, all right. Here, here's where I'm going to go with this. You know, how pod- what's that? I was just saying what's up to Jari. He's, he just popped in here, and said, what's good, boys? Sorry, right, what's, what's up, Jari? Uh, is Jari also an Orlando comic? Oh, yeah. All right, so reach out. Another connection, guys, for those listening. Jari Knows. You see? See? Find the value yeah, in things. Very funny, Very funny. At Jari Knows is uh, Orlando Comic. There you go. There's your shout-out, Jari. Um, make sure you connect. Yeah. Connect with me as well, man. 
All right. Yeah. So what I'm trying to get at is, do you know, remember how po- do you remember how podcasts used to be like back in the day when th- when it was emerging in the comedy game? We were like, what's a podcast? You record yourself and then people listen. That's weird. I think the same right. thing is happening right now with virtual shows where it's like, how are you going to make people laugh if you can't even hear them? Right. Right. But those that figure it out, those that actually double down and make this a brand new skill or a new way to communicate as a comedian. This is going to be like next level because like I can have a show in my pajamas in a like a little mini makeshift studio like this. Talk to you directly. But all I got to do is get 50 more of you and I already have a show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right, but right. We're, we're also accustomed to a certain way of doing comedy. This is like weird for us. Like, I don't know how this is like the same. It's not, the thing is, it's not the same. But what is the same is that we're entertainers. Right? right. And we're just finding a different channel to do it in. I just find this kind of stuff fascinating. And that's the reason I do these kinds of projects, because I work with like coaches and people that make, you know, millions of dollars doing whatever it is they do on the Internet. I'm like, you know, if comedy can get up to this level where we're like making things happen for ourselves and we don't have to wait for anyone else, this can really be a big um, time for all of us where we become. Yeah. And I, I think, the, and I know you got to go soon. I don't want to take too much of your time. And I think comedy right now is so important for us because everyone's so sensitive now. Like, you know, when you think of like Lenny Bruce and George Carlin during their era, we're kind of going through that same era now. And it's our responsibility to kind of like push the boundary by talking about the things we talk about through comedy. You know what I mean? It's just an exciting yeah. time. It is. It's, um, yeah. And, and, I, th- I think it's cool. Like I suck at the social media side of things too. I wish I was better at like putting together like online content and stuff like that. I'm, I'm great live. I can make a lot. Li- I can make an audience laugh live, but I-, I have yet to crack the code of making like a viral video, you know? Well, that's the thing. A viral video is, is like, it's by chance, but all right. So I, you know, you got to come out to these networking things, man. Uh, I was talking about it. So here's the thing. Check out this book called Known by Mark Schaefer. And the reason why I tell you that is because Mark Schaefer kind of talks about what you just said. Everybody wants to go viral, get a bunch of followers and just be Insta famous or whatever. But the real name of the games, you, you can't control going viral. But what you can control is like the content you put out often. You can control that. And right. Quality content. Yeah. And it, it sometimes you can even fuck up. Like I do a live stream, which isn't quality at all. It's just me riffing. But then I get the gems off of that. And then that turns into quality content. So in right, your right. case, if you want to do like if you want to like experiment with like virtual shows or something, just do one for fun and just get right. a feel for it. And then be like, OK, how can I do it better the next time around? And then the next time around, then like a year or two, if you're really dedicated you're making a couple of buck, uh, a couple of bucks off of uh, off virtual shows, and a year or two years ago, you didn't know it was possible, but you stuck through it and you figured it out. Most people won't figure right. it out because it's like I only had two people watching the live stream, kind of like right now. Oh, I better not do a podcast ever again, you know. But if I do this long enough, eventually, people will be like, "Oh, he's serious about what he's trying to build here." And um, again, to go back to the go comedians ahead. out there of the new era of comedy. I believe we all have to take responsibility like you have, right? Like we all like, you know, we, we all got to figure this out. We all got to understand that nobody's going to book you, right? The Netflix story is something that happens to a handful. Like or how many, all right, look, last question. How many comedians in just an estimate ballpark estimation, how many comedians do you think are currently doing comedy at like 
an overall level, whether open mic or professional. In the United States of America, how many comedians? Uh, I'd say 2,500. In the entire USA? No way. Yeah. I think, think 100,000 100, open micers out there <laughs> or people that have tried okay. it and didn't go nowhere, I believe. Okay, wait, you're throwing an open mic like one people have tried it one time? Or the people that that do it like once every two months. Like those you know what I mean? Like those people I'm talking about everybody in the industry of stand up comedy. How many are there? I mean, yeah, if you start factoring then those numbers, I think it'll be definitely a lot higher. See, so uh-huh. the real uh the real Keith Terry says one hundred thousand easily. Exactly. All right, now how many wow. of those hundred thousand are making an, a wow. living? Off of comedy. 2,500. <laughs> there you go. That's a little bit better now. 20, about 25. This course is all just <laughs> estimate. About 2,500. Now, how many of those 2,500 are actually famous? God, 25. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if you think about just the... Well, and then there's the comedians that are like on The Tonight Show or they have a Comedy Central special and all this and that, but you never really hear of them. Like, who's this guy? Exactly. You know? Exactly. Right? Like, oh, man, this guy, there's comedians out there that are making a very comfortable living that you've never heard of. Right. Or not even, because I've seen a lot of comedians that had their moment and then it's gone, which is also factors into what I'm trying to get at asking you this question, Carmen, is the fact that um, the dream that we used to have when we first started of being the next Bill Hicks, like I wanted to be in 09. I wanted to be the next Bill Hicks, right? And then I started doing like Bill Hicks-esque material. And I'm like, this stuff ain't working in Miami. I better, I better switch <laughs> it up, right? Like those dreams kind of fade away and it becomes this new thing. And then we all just realize, oh, even the weekend spots that you and I were talking about earlier on this podcast aren't going to make us, uh, make us a living. And then now we have to like double down and realize like, well, then what's the next step, right? And so that's right. why we look into podcasting, running rooms, virtual events, connecting with other comedians that have audiences. This is something that we can control. So that's why I brought you in here so that you're the go-to guy for Orlando. And with that being said, uh, Carmen, thanks so much for your time, man. Um, Anytime you're in town, reach out to me. And for those listening, if you're ever in the Orlando area or surrounding areas of Orlando, reach out to Carmen Valone, at Carmen Valone. What's the best way to get in contact with you? Instagram, Twitter, website? Uh, Not not Twitter. I I, I never go on Twitter. But uh, Facebook and Instagram, you know, Facebook and Instagram work. You could hit me up through my cash app. Totally. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm on Venmo. I'm on PayPal. <laughs> no, actually, for real, though, it's like Facebook and Instagram. OrlandoComedy.com as well. You run it? Uh, I don't run that. No, my buddy runs it. Um, but but like anytime like something pops up, I'm like, hey, dude, make sure you add this or, you know, I try to. Uh, I mean, it's his, it's his thing, but, uh, you know, if something pops up, I'll, I'll put it in front of him and be like, Hey man, uh, check this out, add this, you know, whatever. So, uh, it's pretty up to date. Orlandocomedy.com. All right. Thanks so much, uh, Carmen Valone. And, uh, yeah, hope to see you again on another podcast. You're more than welcome to be uh, a regular. All right, man. So I appreciate it. Yeah. And, and come through Orlando anytime. All right. I'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks again. Yeah. Thanks buddy. Bye. Peace. Bye everybody.